This episode is sponsored by Bees. She is the creator of the Gifatize app and the author of the Financial Starter Kick book. Bees works in the defense industry as an overseas contractor. After years of studying financial literacy and investing, she is now financially free. The Financial Starter Kit comes with a free money allocation spreadsheet and gives you all the resources that you need to take control of your finances today. You can purchase the book at financialstarterkit.com. If you want to learn more about the defense industry and how to obtain a stable, high-paying career in the States or overseas, you can purchase her Defense Industry Guide at www.defenseindustry.guide. Also, for more information, you can follow her on Twitter at capital underscore SB. Hey, turn me up some. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations? Why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper I've been Chase the greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments, and sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account and then account it Today's episode is also brought to you by Brandon Thomas Insurance Services Brandon Thomas Insurance Services is an independent insurance broker that is accredited by the BBB with a focus on life and health insurance products. They provide insurance coverage for all family members' needs, whether it be children that need affordable life insurance, adults that want term and permanent life insurance options, or seniors that need Medicare or final expense policies. They offer free consulting and quoting to those states in which their services are provided, which include Texas, Louisiana, Colorado, North Carolina, Nevada, Georgia, California, and Ohio. Make sure y'all go check them out at bthomasinsurance.com or give them a call at 512-549-6123. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier. I got my co-host, Dee, with me. Hey, everybody. And today we uh, bring you guys another amazing episode. We got another uh, amazing guest, a couple this time that's doing great things. They go by Anthony and... Danilka Hartzog, they're entrepreneurs, they own a six-figure cleaning business, they paid off 114000 in debt in less than two years, and they've been featured in Good Morning America, CNBC, Fox, and ABC, so welcome you guys to the show, we super excited to have y'all on. I appreciate well, that, that, that intro was fire. We're going to have a show, that's what we'll start with. <laughs> <laughs> y'all that's doing real big things. Real big things, yeah, yeah. And just, just to kick it off, the first question we always ask our guests, so just what's the, the, the a background on you guys for the people that's not familiar? Okay, so my name is Janoka. We are both born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. 
Uh, we actually lived in the same building and our mothers actually still live there now. So we, I guess, dated in high school. Uh, Tony or Anthony is older, so he went off to college. We separated and then got back together when I graduated from undergrad. We've been in, we've been married for four years, moved mm -hmm. out to Dallas, Texas four years ago, mm -hmm. um, got a dog named Blue, and um, from there, <laughs> we, started trying to, we started trying to pay off our debt, yep. and um, what makes our story a little bit different is a lot of people talk about trying to save. Our thing was we were trying to make as much money as possible. Mm -hmm. Very similar to you guys, we, um, we started tuning into what you guys are doing and other entrepreneurs, and it just started raising our income as much as possible, so we were able to pay off 114000 like you said. And less than less than two years. Twenty-three months, yeah. And then from there, we started a, a cleaning business, which kind of is in the middle of taking off right now. Yeah, um, <laughs> that would be it'll be three years in November. Of this three years year. in November, yeah. So uh, that's a, a brief. That's, so. that's a quick. <laughs> I want to take it back real quick because I think that's that's so interesting. Like I I don't think I've heard a story with uh, two people that's been together since their youth and lived in the same building like that's yeah. crazy I mean, I'm like, what that's that's but that's that's super dope to me and i didn't even know you guys were from uh new york i thought y'all was from texas oh no don't ever say that they hate when people say a, a couple from dallas texas they yeah, hate you from new i'm like yeah that's just for the that's for the line that's the article <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. We Wait, grew up so, together, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing, for real. So let me uh, let me ask y'all this. So regarding the, the debt part, like, how did you guys first accumulate the debt? Was it college? Uh, yeah, that's basically, I mean, it all <laughs> consisted of credit cards, but that wasn't too high. And then um, a car that um, Anthony got when we moved down here. Um, but my, I went to a private school for my master's program, um, Hofstra to be exact, and that was like 68000 Mm two and a half year. Yeah. <laughs> and my undergrad was about 24,000 and now it's pretty much it. The car and then the rest of it was just credit cards. Mm -hmm. So for that process, I actually, you know, paying down that debt, what was it like? Like, were you guys hardcore budgeting? Like, you know, on a super strict, like spending limit for the month or like, what was that like? So yeah, budgeting was like one of the number one things that we preach. Um, oh, yeah. We did cut back on some things, but I feel like there's but so much we can cut back on if you still want to live a certain life. So I didn't want to just do, mainly me, because he would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to just do like rice and beans and stuff. I wanted to be able to go to brunch, fly to New York when we need to, still enjoy certain things. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we raised our income so much, because... Yeah, I wasn't cutting down as much as I could have. You know, it was, funny. <laughs> it was this. There was a tweet or uh, Instagram post, and it was like, "How many trips did you go on oh, while yeah. trying to pay off debt?" And I was like, "Maybe about two you trips." One to two, right? I was like, uh, I, "I got seven minimum right now." But <laughs> <laughs> if it was up to me, we would have been out of debt in probably like a year. Yeah. Um, but have, but but we was she wanted to travel, and obviously, happy wife, happy life. So we were still. I just felt like there was no rush. Like we were we were working towards yeah. it. So what's the difference? <laughs> year a two-year a three-year we're gonna get it done like we already know that we are so. so yeah our budget was definitely the the first step in trying to figure out how to get out of this debt so mm -hmm. managing our money what's coming in what's going out was just like the first key for us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a to pay off in less than two years that's amazing because that's like a amount people would get fifty thousand dollars in debt and they struggle to pay it off for like 10 to 15 years so to do that in less than two that shows the amount of discipline you guys have so that's that's amazing. But so for the people that do have similar situations where they might have 30, 40, 50,000 in debt, what would be your, uh, your key 
key advice to them? I would say the first thing, like I said, know where your money's going. Um, at least have a, even if you don't do a budget, know how much you're making and know how much is going out every month yeah. so that you can know how much is left over. Because when we started doing that, we was like, oh, we got a couple hundred every month. Where was that going before we started budgeting? Right. When we started budgeting, like, all right, we're going to put this towards our debt. And after we got our debt, we started putting it towards savings and investing. So um, knowing where your money is going probably be the first, the first big step. Um, and then we- if you can pick up more jobs, do so. So for us, we, you know, I work from home full time. I was getting yeah. off by 4 p.m. So I had hours <laughs> left in the day <laughs> yeah. that I could do more. Um, but we always say, like, if you're going to do something, a side hustle, maybe start with something that you um, enjoy. Now, definitely start with something that you enjoy or maybe something in regards to your career, anything you can expand on so that you don't hate it. Because if you just start working maybe retail and you hate it, you're not going to continue to do it, mm-hmm. you know, so... So yeah, raising that income, the first thing I did was I picked up another job at the gym. So mm-hmm. I started working at Equinox Gym and it was a free membership and it's a high-end yeah. gym. And then uh, she started working at Equinox Gym too after, after work hours. Mm-hmm. And then we started watching dogs. Anything that kind of revolved around our lifestyle, yeah. that's how we started making money. Um, we didn't want to do things that we hated, like she said. So right. mm-hmm. I love that, th- that y'all said um, pretty much know where your money is going because one of the biggest problems I see when I talk to people is they're not checking their bank account. They've gotten all these subscriptions. The money's just leaving. And next thing you know, they don't have nothing. Exactly. So that's the biggest thing is like take that control over your money and then you'll start seeing the results you want. Oh, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Like he said, we weren't doing that before. I mean, we were paying our bills on time and everything, but we weren't keeping track. And so mm-hmm. we started keeping track and it's like, well, where is this extra 500 going every month? I don't know. <laughs> on Friday, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. And so that is kind of like, okay, so we can throw this extra money to debt now um, on top of whatever we're paying with our bills. So. And then with the subscription thing, like I noticed like the AT&T, our AT&T cell phone bill had went up by like $10 a month. But if you're not managing or watching your money, $10 a month could turn into $120 a year. You don't even realize that. So I called AT&T and was like, yo, I noticed my bill went up. I was like, oh, I'm sorry about that. You know, that was an accident. It was a glitch. Most of the time, we're not going to catch that. But our um, we use the app and normally <laughs> changes in the budgets, like our um, stationary expenses that don't change. Normally, we'll be able to see that every single month if there's a change in, a, in those mandatory yeah. expenses. When something comes in, I'm like, who bought something from Amazon for $45? What's the Wait, that's crazy. They, they, your bill went on $10 and they told you it was a glitch. How yeah. You, how you glitch that? Yeah, and normally you won't catch Imagine like how many that. people they glitching. Right. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, they probably got three mi- millions of dollars in glitches that yeah. they're collecting every month. Oh, yeah. Wow. Their wow. job is not to tell you that, so. Right. That's crazy. Wow. But uh, so when people are in debt, do you think they should be focusing on producing more income instead of, like, trying to penny, pit, penny pinch? I think they have to do what, excuse my dog. I don't know if you see his paw on me. Yeah. <laughs> I think they have to do what's, wow, best, right what's best for them. <laughs> so some people may be able to go that narrow road of like, okay, let's cut back on everything and let's just pay it off as quick as possible. Um, that just wouldn't work for us. Um, so I would say you can cut back where you can. You can call credit cards so they can waive that yearly fee. You can cut down cable. Some people just do like Netflix and Hulu now. Um, I'm trying to think where else you can cut down at. Um, car you, insurance. I guess car insurance. People that drink coffee every day, it's certain ways you can cut, but I just feel it's butt so much. Mm-hmm. You enjoy, and, we, so. and our thing is, we want people to still enjoy life. So, right. that $5 latte is not going to get you out of debt, or it's not, <laughs> it didn't put you in debt. So, 
You like going to Starbucks? I mean, maybe you cut down a few days a week, but at the end of the day, that didn't put you in the debt and that's not gonna get you out of debt. Um, so we definitely recommend raising your income as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I love y'all did it that route because you know, so many people like struggle with downgrading their lifestyle. Like once you feel like you work to reach a certain point, yeah. they have such a hard time going backwards. Oh yeah. Exactly. And I wouldn't tell somebody, like, you work so hard for what you got. I mean, I wouldn't say go and get a new car while you're trying to get out of debt. But <laughs> if you already got that car, I'm not, I may not tell you to sell it. I mean, I may say, hey, you may want to put that car up on a platform to kind of rent it out or maybe do, you know, Turo or hire a car or something. But I'm not going to tell you to downgrade your lifestyle, at least if it's reasonable anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, now, I want to get into you, uh, to, to the cleaning business. I know this is something that's a... Uh, that's going to be very interesting for I know people going to want to hear about this. So what made you guys want to start a cleaning business? Um, well, all of our ideas come from Anthony. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm going to preference it with that. Um, but he was listening um, to a podcast, basically, and he heard like a, a college student that had a cleaning business and he wasn't cleaning himself, um, bringing in about 10000 a month. And so he brought it to me and I'm like, a cleaning business? I mean, my reaction was that way, one, because I mean, we just never discussed even opening businesses. That's not anything that has ever been on my mind at that time, at least. But I was like, we don't know how to run a business. And mind you, we're still in debt (laughs) at this time, too. Yeah, we're still in debt at this time. But I'm like, we don't know how to run a business. How much is that going to cost? I don't want to clean. It was just kind of like, no. She's like, nah. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Um, We already have enough on our plate, you know, all of that. And then he brought it back with, like, a more concrete plan of, like, this is what it looks like. This is what we have to do to get this person involved. LLC is not that much. Um, and that's kind of where it started. So. so from there, it was like, all right, well, if I, I hit up the guy who had the, the cleaning business um, and he was, he was like super, super knowledgeable. He's like, Hey man, you know, it's very simple. Um, here's what I do. I get, I get contractors and I essentially find jobs for them. So his job is to market. And um, it's kind of like Airbnb. It's kind of like Lyft. It's kind of like um, Uber, Uber yeah. and where you're just the platform where people find you for a service and you outsource that service to someone else. So what we do is um, our cleaning business is called Mates to Match. And what we do is we match people who are looking for um, solid background check vetted cleaners um, with jobs in Dallas, cleaners who are looking for work. So we kind of match them together, kind of like a, a middleman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how, how much, so I know for people that's listening, they're gonna be like, wow, maybe I should look into this. So how much <laughs> is uh, needed to start a cleaning business? Like how much capital? So we recently actually just uh, did a course. We launched our course like okay. Jewel, and when putting it together, we saw like it's like a thousand max, if that. You wouldn't even need that much, depending on the route you decide to go, really. So and that's including, but that's including just like getting your LLC started, the platform nice. for the cleaning business, things like that. But if you decide I don't want to use your platform, it could be less. Yeah, you know? I don't want to start so, an LLC, and then you could do this in different ways. We teach you how to literally start the business from scratch. We're telling you go to the bank account have your EIN, you know, have your operating agreement. And let's say you don't want to do any of that. You could kind of cut that out and you're like, hey, I just want to start doing it. You could get it started for less than $500, but we recommend at least having $1,000 ready to go. Um, Because this is a business at the end of the day. If you're not bringing in capital, you still got those expenses that need to get paid. So um, probably like $1,000, we would just say is like the the maximum startup cost. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the um, difficulties you guys have come across or ran into throughout this process of doing the business this way with your cleaning service? People. People. 
<laughs> Literally, I mean, getting the jobs is not as hard as it, people think. As people think, they're like, well, there's a million cleaning companies out there, and there's this, this, that. But I always say, like, I mean, people, I use the reference of makeup and walking down the bread aisle. I mean, there's a million of everything. There's a million eyeshadows, but I still want to buy that Fenty or that this or that that, right? Um, so when I when we say people, what we mean is dealing with contractors, finding good people, and then you know keeping them is always difficult. Mm -hmm. um, I think with any job, finding good people for a job, and then dealing with clients sometimes because people can be nasty and people can be rude, yes. and stuff like that, and kind of you know knowing you're a business but still not allowing them. Like I don't believe the client is always right. If I have to tell you that, you know, if I have to let you know, like, ma'am, please don't be disrespectful to me, you know. So that part of the people business, is, I would say, is the most difficult thing. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I, yeah. And then finding good independent contractors. Even when we talk to our students, we're telling them, like, they, like, oh, we were looking for two weeks and we couldn't find anyone. I'm like, we were looking for <laughs> weeks. We were looking for months for good people. Um, and to we kinda, continue to look. And we still look, always be hiring is what we tell people. So um, finding a good independent contractor is going to be major and, and you bringing in revenue, you bringing in sales, and you keeping your clients on board. Um, and then one of the other things people talk about is competition. Well, my market is highly saturated. Dallas has about 1.6 million people in it. There are, if you go to Google and type in maid service in Dallas, you're going to get tons and tons of pages. Yeah. Um, we're actually on the first page at this point, but, um, it's going to get tons and tons of pages. And it's just like, if there's no competition in terms of what you want to do, that means there may not be a market for it. So if you got this super creative idea and no one's done it and no one's looking for it, yeah, you could be the next Uber or, or Amazon. Or Amazon. <laughs> That's fantastic. But if you find a market that has tons of competition, that means there are tons of people doing it. That means there's tons of people looking for that service that you're providing. So, um, and that's something that we teach. Um, we tell people all the time when starting any business. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. So I want to ask y'all, so have y'all ever, since y'all been running a cleaning business, have y'all ever like went into a building and cleaned it yourselves? Oh yeah. We've okay. done that. I would say it was like three times. Um, it will be three years in November. And, and it was like all in one weekend at yeah. that. I don't know what happened that weekend um, at the beginning. But now if something was to happen, we wouldn't go. We would just, <laughs> uh, yeah, we would just tell the client. I think in the beginning, we weren't as comfortable saying no or letting yeah. them know what's happening. But now if something happens, I would just let them know like, hey, this person had an emergency. Can we move you to tomorrow? Or, you know, you book for this day, but we can't get you in. We'll give you $20 off if we can move you to another day. Um, but we wouldn't go clean ourselves at this point. And that comes so. with time and process of procedures. Yeah. That We've done almost 2,000 cleanings at this. Our company has done almost 2,000 cleanings. And to say we've done three out of 2,000, I don't even know what percentage that is. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> like, that's, that was because we didn't have a process of procedure. And now we do. So we yeah. tell students all the time, like, hey, don't, you know, somebody canceling you, don't have a heart attack. Like, this is why yeah. we give you those process and procedures so that you can know what to do when someone does this. When they do this, you do this type of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah we've done it three times and those houses were huge too. Yeah, they were. We, I'm like, oh. we wouldn't. <laughs> I walked in, I'm like, gee. <laughs> and I was, and the funny thing is it, we did that because it was early on and I was so excited about yeah, the business. Yeah, he was like, let's just do it. I'm and I was like, like, let's try it. Like, how bad could this be? And it wasn't that bad, but. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't, but it just was really big and time-consuming. <laughs> yeah, so, so we tell our students how to how to avoid that, and now we're at the point where we don't. If something happens, we know how to avoid it and how to get around it. So yeah. And the the reason I ask that question is because usually when when people hear about a cleaning business, their first reaction is, "I'm not about to be cleaning. I don't want to." Yeah, my reaction. Yeah. <laughs> that's usually people's first reaction. 
And so to hear that, it shows it get it, it shows people a different side of it that you don't have to be the one inside these buildings or properties cleaning. You can go right. directly that you're and that that's, you're what, doing. that's what we say. You want to work on the business, not in the business. I mean, we know some there are some people that actually do clean and still run it, but after a while I feel like they're like, Hey, how do you get this? Because it becomes taxing on the body and things like that to run the business and to be cleaning. And I mean, that that's a lot. So. And one of the things that um people, when they take the courses and we're working with them one-on-one, -on -one, they're like, how do you, why would somebody, why would a person who already has a business work with you guys as a contractor? Um, as a contractor and it's like, and why would they split their profits? If you think about it like this, you're not splitting your pro profits because we're still going to pay you what you would normally make. And we're just getting money on top of what you were already making. Yeah. So we're giving you more business. We're giving you more leads. You don't have to do any client acquisitions. You don't have to do any customer service. All you have to do is show up, do the job and leave. Yeah. So you don't have to pick up the phone calls because we have a team that's doing that. Um, you don't have to do any marketing. You have to pay for any marketing. We're already doing all that stuff. So um, that's why a mom and pop shop would come work with someone like us because we're doing the marketing. They most likely don't have a website or an online presence. And that's kind of what we teach you how to build all of that. So you don't have to be out in the field doing the job yourself, but you could if you wanted to, obviously. Mm -hmm. Definitely in terms of marketing, without going, you know, too in detail about y'all strategies, but what are some tips or gems y'all could give as far as like how to market the business successfully to really grow it? Oh, we give it, we go, we give you the whole game. Like, <laughs> okay. Just because we give you the game don't mean people going to use it. So right, um, right. That's true. we market, we market, um, we have a few. Before you say, you always say marketing is an investment and not a. Yeah. So marketing is an yeah. investment and not an expense. Um, when we first started, it was kind of hard to say that we're going to put $700, $1,200, $2,000 into marketing um, because you don't immediately see that return. Um, right. If you, well, when at, you do. <laughs> yeah, but when you start seeing, all right, I put $500 into Yelp and I get I'm getting back $1,500, $2,000, you're like, well, it's not that bad. Let me see what happens when I put in $1,000 into Yelp. So we, do a, we, get, we teach a few different ways to do it. So you could do free, free marketing, which is going to take time, obviously, because it's free. So you're posting your ads um, that we Word teach you mouth. that we teach you how to how to create your ads and you're posting them on Facebook groups. You're posting them on Nextdoor platform, which is a, a neighborhood platform. You're doing word of mouth. You may be posting flyers, um, <laughs> friends and family referrals. Um, so those are a, a few free ways. free ways that you can do it. But the paid ways is what we kind of focus on at this point. Um, we teach you Craigslist. We teach you Yelp. Yelp, which is a big one for us. We teach you Google. Um, SEO. Thumbtack. Search engine optimization, um, Thumbtack, which is another platform we use. Um, but all of those are paid, you know, paid marketing um, platforms that we use. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's like really good. I'm glad like y'all are going to offer all of this in y'all course and people really get to see the ins and outs of how to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, um, we took a lot. We took a long time to release the course. We got a lot of questions. We've been yeah. in this business mm -hmm. for three years now. We're not obviously experts in this because we've only been in it for three years. But the way we teach it, a lot of people want to learn it. But we felt like we weren't confident to teach it early on because we didn't really know about it. But now we're at the point where our business is kind of on autopilot and we start, we're starting to see our students replicate what we did a lot sooner than when we did it. Mm -hmm. So that's how we know that what we teach does work and it can be done. Um, you get people who kind of get stuck on like, oh, I want to get a nice name and a nice a logo. logo. And <laughs> we're like, you don't need any of that. No one's going to call you because your logo was nice or your name was, <laughs> your name was dope. So, um, but it did, did take us time to kind of get there and get over our own fears of, of releasing it and just doing it ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's a good point because that, that, a lot of times new entrepreneurs, they do focus on the logos and the names for too long. It'll be, it'll be two weeks. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we were going, 
forth. I mean, we had did that with the logo mainly because of me. I'm like, oh, that blue is too bright. Like, blue. Like, blue. like what? Like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, we can't, we can't keep spending time on this though. She's like, I want Nipsey Hustle blue and not James <laughs> <laughs> blue. And like, what? This is this is crazy. But no one, ever, no one ever calls you for any of that stuff. No. So, but we realized that over time. Mm, that's it. So I want to I want to ask y'all. So what is like? Obviously, you guys are married, working together, and that's a that's a you know that's I think that's super dope to me. But I know it could be challenges as far as that as well. Like I, I try to explain that to people as well because I'm like it's not how I see. It, I'm like it's not for everybody. Like I know everybody wouldn't be able to do it with their spouse. They might be arguing too much and stuff like that. So what it and I also seen the tweet you did. I'm glad it just came to my mind. I'm glad I remember you said. <laughs> I can't, man, I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing at this point, but it was like, people ask you something about, like, working with your spouse, and, you, and your response was, how do you not deal with your spouse? And I'm yeah. like, man, that's fire. That's fire right there. So I just want to ask you, so what are the, the major things into making that work? So I think we go based, based on our, our strengths is the biggest thing, um, just especially with running the business. And our personalities. And personalities. So, I mean, he does he works in tech full-time anyway so he would handle like the back end things the website charging the clients things like that but when it comes to speaking to the clients and speaking to the contractors that's my role um i mean i'm just i mean we're both outgoing but i'm just like a people person i'm a therapist as well so i just like talking to people in general so i handled that part of it i think we kind of learned our roles like when something goes wrong with the client, I'm on the phone because he's like, "All right, what do you want? I'm done." Like he doesn't my, want. He doesn't have the patience for this. And I, I don't think it's lack of patience. I think I'm more direct. So if a client calls about a complaint, I'm like, "I'm not trying to. I'm not showing empathy. I'm trying to figure out what's the end goal here. Yeah. What are you looking for? Let's get to that. We don't mm-hmm. got. Let's cut out all the pleasantries. Yeah. If you're looking for a refund, let's say you look. And people won't tell you. They won't say. No, they and, they, and they're kind of skittish. And I'm like pushing you to say what you want. So I don't do it anymore. Yes, yeah, so I don't <laughs> that side of it. Um, but then there's some days where I'm like, I can't handle every difficult client. You have to say something. Like, and I'll, and I'll you know, and then he'll hop in. I'm like, that's not fair. I can't have to deal with everyone like that. So there's some days like that. But I think we just play up our strengths. But even sometimes when I'm like, he wants to start a business or something, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, just go ahead and start it on your own. He's like, no, we have to do it together. And I'm like, we don't have to agree to everything. Like, <laughs> you do your own thing and I'm just here. And he's like, no, until you're on board, I don't really want to do it. I'm like, okay, well, if I have something to do, I'm going to do it. So, <laughs> you know, so I think just playing on our strengths and our personalities has, has really helped us in that regard. But I also think having your spouse on board with what you want to do and what your goals are, are like equally as important. So mm-hmm. if this cleaning business was something I wanted to do and she's like, go ahead and do it. And let's say, I don't think we'd be anywhere nearly as successful as we are now without us being on board with yeah something like this with with things like this because let's say it's doing well and i'm just like all right can you hop in she's like i don't know anything about the business how can i hop in and help you but the fact that we both were on board from day one we like she went to she went on vacation for like a week and it was like all right i ran the business for for that week i went to a bachelor party for a week or Mm -hmm. a weekend and she ran the business for a week Mm -hmm. so we're able to kind of hop in and do that with these type of things um, but having a spouse on board with what you're doing, I think it is a major key. And sometimes we got to take breaks from the conversation because, you know, we'll be here having dinner and it's like, I know you guys kind of relate to that too. You'll be, yeah. everything kind of talks about the business and revolves around the business and what you guys are doing. And, and I'm like, yeah, not right now. Uh-huh. And she'll let me know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, always, I'm about that right now. <laughs> and, I'm sure, and I'm sure you guys go through that too, where one of you is kind of like always thinking about it, always talking about it. And others like, not today. Let's just yep. do what we're doing. 
Yeah, that's man, that, that's real right there. Like I know I'm I'm that way too. Like my mind always on it. Then sometimes I gotta be mindful. It's like all right, let me let me separate the two and just focus on like our relationship and spending time and not be so like business oriented right now. Cause right. a lot, I think I think it's hard for a lot of people to maintain that 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 balance between the two, especially especially when you're like younger for real. No, I I totally get it. I, I it's see. always some new idea. I saw this on Twitter. I heard everything. <laughs> everything we talk about on because she's on Twitter, but she's not on. She's on the Beyond. Right, right, right. He's like, oh, you got on my Twitter. I'm like, oh, <laughs> 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 I'm Twitter and like, I'm just there for the mix. So every time this <laughs> conversation happens or some ideas, I'm like, oh, this is dope. Do you see this person do this or? It's like whatever you have fun or over if there. If I show him something I saw, oh, how you saw that tweet? I'm like, people retweet on my page. <laughs> it's like, it's funny. Society. I don't like, know if people realize there are so many different sides of Twitter where, it's like, 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 like Xavier, you tweet something, and I'm like, oh, it's dope. And the next thing you know, like a week later, she'll bring come and bring me that. I'll tweet. send him a message if I see I'm something. Like, I'm like, he's like, how you saw that? I'm like, <laughs> I saw the originally go out, and I'm it got alive. to her. It got to her like a week later. So. <laughs> And that's how our personalities are too. Like we'll we'll have the business side and she'll have like the, the, the fun side. I guess I'm not the fun side. Yeah, so. I'm like, you still have your party? <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. And you one hundred percent right about like different sides of Twitter. Like it's it's so funny. Like people I guess they, they call it wealth Twitter or whatever. They don't get like access I don't want to say access. They'll get like open to that to that side and they were like, Wow, I never knew this was a Side of Twitter, I never and I've been on Twitter eight years and I never seen right. it. I people say that all the time, so it's like, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's like it's like real live communities on it. <laughs> I'll try to bring her to that side, and she's like, listen, I'm going there to RTU and to talk about Beyonce. So yeah, <laughs> can you believe this person said that? Like, I'm like, I don't care. Like, let them say what they want to. I don't know. I can't give my energy to certain things, and he would take things like personal, even if they so, say it to him, he will see it on somebody else. He's like, why are you so negative? I'm like. People are negative. <laughs> I don't know what to tell people. I don't know what to say. People are negative. I can't. I can't give that energy. <laughs> right. People. Some people are negative. Right. Like that. Yeah. Right. And uh, so I had another. I had another question. I it was regarding the debt again. So I can't remember what it. Is. I lost my. <laughs> well, I'm gonna sneak my question in. So <laughs> something. Um, I want to circle back to the cleaning business, but on your website, you were saying your method can be applied to businesses besides just cleaning. Yeah. So I wanted you guys to go into how that can pretty much play into different industries and how you guys make that work. Yeah. So when we first started trying to figure out if we wanted to do a cleaning business, we realized that this model could be applied to like all local service businesses. So you could do lawn care, there's, there's swimming pool cleanup, there's maintenance men, handyman, and all you're essentially doing is creating a platform where people could find your business and just getting someone else to do their job. So everything that we teach Obviously, we're in a cleaning business, but people who kind of do this is like, well, can I apply this to this? Can I apply this to that? Um, it just can be applied to all service-based businesses. Yeah, local service businesses, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so all you're doing is literally just applying, pretty much giving a platform for people to find you and just outsourcing the work and jobs to someone else. So um, mm -hmm. we know people that's doing this, not from us, but just in general, carpet cleaning. carpet cleaning. They're doing it with lawn care. They're doing it with a few different types of local service businesses. So obviously, we focus on cleaning because that's what we do. But we want to get people out of the mindset. You don't have to follow what we do. You could, you could follow it and do something else as well. Mm -hmm. um, but just changing that mindset from you having to do the job and you having to be in the, doing the work, but just also just providing a platform for someone else to actually get a profit and do the work alongside with you. 
Mm-hmm. And that's really dope. And I know um, something on the website too is that a big part of this is you guys apply technology. And it's like kind of shocking to see how many businesses really haven't integrated technology into their operations, even though people today are becoming so dependent on it. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go with somebody if I could find you easily on my phone versus searching around, even if you might be better. And that's, yeah, and that's how we tell our students that they're going to stand out because a lot of cleaning businesses, it's mom and pop. They may have a website, but you still have to email them or call them to get a quote. Mm-hmm. With us, you can just get the quote, book it online and everything, and we show up. You get an email reminders and things like that. Um, and so certain times when some, when even with technology, if I can't do it online, I'm like, why are they not yep. Funny, like what's happening here that they're lacking <laughs> behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I agree with that. If I have to search for too long, if I got to put in my email address for you to send me something, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> and that's how we actually, when we were first moved down to Dallas and we were looking for a cleaning service, yeah, we had to get quotes and we had to get people to follow up with us. We had to text call, you. You had to yeah. call us. Can I come out and get you a quote based on Can the I size the of your house? place? Yeah. I'm like, we're not sending, you know, 20 people a day to do a physical quote and walk through to, of your house to kind of give you a price, which you may not eventually book. You may book, you may not book. So right. we took all of that out and just allowed you to kind of find us online, book us online, pay Based us online. on square footage and bedroom and bathroom. And if we get there and it's a little different, we have the right to change the price and let you know before we get started. You, you can know? always decline so, the service. And, yeah. and we actually show our students as well. And even people that we just um, mentor, like we'll go through like Craigslist pages and kind of show you the amount of people on there that don't have a website. Like, Oh, how do I get clients? Like, these are the people that you're fighting with. These are your competitors. They don't have a website. You got to call them to get a quote. Like they don't have any sort of online marketing, no, no digital ads. Like these, these are your competitors essentially. And if you come in and realize that, you know, you're, you're fighting against, um, people who don't have any online presences, then you'll, you'll win in this generation, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Streamlining that process as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, and I, I think that's, that's very dope that y'all created the course because, like, it, it fast-forwards the people's process if they want to get into the cleaning business. Besides, like, having all the, the errors that you guys might have made at the beginning, they could avoid all that by just tapping into you guys' course. So that's amazing because sometimes you'll get people that will be like, you come out with a course and you'll get people that say stuff like, why would I pay for that? And I could, I could, I could research this on Google or I could research this on YouTube. It's like, you're right. You can. Oh, right. You can. Right. That's that time. Yeah, I bought I mean, so many courses. But that was me. <laughs> but it's just what I changed it to. It's just like, yeah, you can find it on Google. Um, but do you have the time and patience for that rather exactly. than paying and having it in one spot and then you're done. So convenience is always more money. And that's how I look at life in general. Everything that's more convenient is more money. For them to bring the groceries to me, it's a little bit more money than me going there. And spending two hours. And 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 walking around. Anything convenient is more money. So, I mean, time, I guess it depends on how you balance it. So you can look around, but you're going to be searching forever. And you still have more questions. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, we went to, you know, we we went to college and we paid all this money for these degrees. Mm -hmm. You're learning a particular you're learning business from a business professor who probably never had a business. You're learning math from somebody mm-hmm. who's just teaching you from a book. So you're essentially paying for a course, but there's a few different type of courses when you go to college. So, yeah. and I buy a lot of courses and I don't mind doing it at all, but what you're getting in a person's course is what it took me. I did the Google, I did the Facebook right, search. Right. I did all of that already. And it took me, it took us three years to get here, but you'll be able to get there in a year, a year and a half, you know, whatever your timeline months. is. I mean, we got students who are passing, like we had a, uh, one of our students who just did a thousand dollar a month, a thousand dollar a week, excuse me. And it took us three months to get there. They did that in 
like two weeks, two, three weeks of launching. Yeah. So it was like, they kind of did that on their own. So you could Google all you want. I did it. It took me time, but it will help you get there faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's, and that's a, I'm glad y'all said that. Cause I say that all the time. Like when you tap into people courses and stuff, you paying for that experience and I, I, and the access to them, you know what I'm saying? You doing right. Google, YouTube, you're not going to be able to just reach out and talk to that person. You guys might be doing calls with these, with your students and everything where they could just get, info that might not be on there there's some steps that they might have missed on a youtube video or something like that you still might have questions for and just in that regard we had a we did our course and then we started a community because you still getting you know obviously you do the course but then you still have questions or you second guess yourself on things that you just want to know little things and so now we have a community of students that they just talk back and forth. They'll talk to each other all day. You know, like, okay, this is what we would do, but it's your business. You could do it like this, you know. So we have that part of it as well, building a community outside of just selling the courses. For those that may need a bit more, you can join us here. So, But even when it comes to just asking for help, like we were looking for real estate, or at least I thought I could do the real estate thing on my own. Right. And I've been looking and doing all my research and Googling and going to bigger pockets, listening to you guys and doing this on the third. Yeah. And one of my local frat brothers, he's been doing real estate for years. And we just happened to tap in with him one day. And, you know, two months later, we got our first rental property because we, I decided to like kind of tap in and, and, and at, you know, request his knowledge. So mm-hmm. people are sometimes kind of afraid to ask for help, but don't want to ask for help to feel like they did it on their own, which is, I wanted to get my first property and felt like I did it by myself. And I didn't need nobody. But at the end of the day, I was searching for a year. Give me the gold pacifier. I am that one. I don't need to struggle to prove anything. To <laughs> Personally, <laughs> but that's, right. that's me. <laughs> You're right about that. I feel like we oftentimes we glorify struggle too much when it's things in place that can make our process and experiences much easier. But I want to say congrats on getting the rental property. That's a that's a huge deal. So, do you mind for the people that's listening to this? Do you mind uh, talking about that going over that deal? Yeah, yeah. So, um, we uh, got a rental property in Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas. Uh, Fort Worth, Texas. We got it about a week ago. It took us a while to close because we've been looking. I don't know how long we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So um, the purchase price was about $84,000. Um, undervalued. Um, we got a hard money lender locally. Um, actually, my frat brother, he, he has a hard money lender. Um, so we went in at, what was the purchase price actually? Was it eighty four? It was 85. We went in at 89. After we did the inspection, they brought it down to 84. 84. Uh-huh. So we're going to repair it. And after repair value, the um, ARB is going to be about 140. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, the goal is kind of get in there, renovate it, mm-hmm. fix Maybe it up. Maybe like 12 to 15,000 in. And then we'll probably be all in right at 100. Um, and then kind of refire, refire ourselves out. And, and then we'll be renting it. We're not, we're not flipping it and selling it. We'll just be renting it to have that ongoing income. Yeah. Beautiful. Rentals. So rentals in that area probably go for I think we said about fourteen about fourteen hundred. Yeah. So we should be at eight something for a mortgage and everything all in. So yeah. So the profit should be good six hundred seven hundred a month or so. Yeah. So we should be able to cash flow about six six seven hundred. Yep. Five worst case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was um that took a while even like I said all ideas come from him and I just gotta talk about I gotta being, get on board. We talk it. about being on the same. Age, that was a struggle right there. Well, that took a long time. <laughs> that was a struggle. For me, I'm like, I know what we could afford. We make good salaries and we have all this side hustle income that we continue to do. And I'm like, I just want to get a dream house and call it a day. Like, I don't need, I don't need extra properties in my life. I don't need the headache of a landlord. I don't need to do that. Um, but I think I'm a bit more comfortable just in dealing with our contractors and dealing with 
people throughout the cleaning business in regards to dealing with tenants and how that would work out and stuff like that, knowing our roles when it comes to that as well. Um, Applying so, different skills to different businesses. Right. So we're pretty excited about that just to renovate and see what it becomes and eventually get it rented out. So yeah, we'll definitely be sharing that as we share everything else. So we'll definitely be sharing yeah, that and yeah. how that looks. And we're excited for it. We're supposed to be doing a, supposed to be doing another inspection for foundation tomorrow. So yeah, we're going to be walking through the coat. property again, mm-hmm. but um, we're excited, man. First rental property, hopefully one of many. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's man. That's super no. dope. Once again, congrats. And something that I think is super important that uh, you, you stated was how you, you, you kind of said like your dream wasn't to get a bunch of rental properties and stuff. You just wanted to pretty much get the income. And I think that's important because a lot of times people think like they got to be this superhero entrepreneur, this super <laughs> business person to live like a, a financially stable and free life. But I always say you really don't like I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I want to do. But if you don't want to do that, you don't have to do that. You can have a job. You know what I'm saying? Do what you do on the side, yeah. side hustles, and you could, your life could be lit. Like everybody don't have to be an entrepreneur. But yeah, so- I mean, we still have our nine to fives, and we debate about that all the time. Like, who's quitting first? <laughs> who's, <laughs> who's allowed to? Who's allowed to, to quit first? And no, you got to stay on. We need your benefits. And so, like, we go through that. We don't know who. We say that eventually, if um, you know, our side hustles take over our what we bring in monthly, then we'll quit. But we've done that, and we have it. Um, like what's going to be the end we don't know we don't know I think you know work we both enjoy our job we both have really good incomes and I work from home full-time and now with COVID obviously he's he's working from home but even in his role he's a director there so he has a bit more flexibility so it's hard to just let go of that definite income that always comes in no matter what like you know I gotta hustle to sell my courses I gotta hustle to do that but as long as I'm showing up to work I I get that paycheck so so they decide until they decide to, to let you go. <laughs> not for wood, that's not happening. But you know what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, but it's an ongoing, you know, discussion that we have. Oh yeah, you know, we so. talk about that a lot and figuring out what our next steps in terms of our our nine to fives are. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're gonna get to the point where we're like, all right, we're completely doing our nine to five as long as we're getting paid and it's right. not stressing us and we still thing, enjoy right? it. And it's not if it starts to take away from everything else we're doing outside of work, maybe at that point, but yeah. we're nowhere near that busy where our nine to five is stopping everything else that we're doing. Right. Man, I, I love that because it's it's there's nothing wrong with it. Like you will see a lot of times, you will see how people they see how you know how glamorized entrepreneurship and all that is, and they'll leave their job that they're making good money that they actually enjoy to go after that and then to end up finding that they're really not into that. You know what I'm saying? So that's so dope to me that you guys, you know who you are. You know what you like. You know what you want to do. And it's and that's beautiful to me. Yeah, knowing that allows you to kind of set your boundaries up, too. Yeah. We're not rushing it. We're not forcing it. You know, as things happen, we may not get another property for the whole year. We may get four more properties for the year. Who right. knows? But we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. Mm, okay, okay. And, uh... Dang, the, the, the debt question keeps slipping my mind. I, I have a debt question. I don't know why you write it down. I have a debt question, though. But in terms of that, um, what's your guys' like, overall outlook on debt? Like, a lot yeah. of people say, like, not all debt is bad That's debt. What I, was gonna ask. That's I know. I'm here with you. So. <laughs> we're here. We're here. We get that I get that question a lot, and I definitely – I'm the person – I tweet this at least once a month, and I'm like, listen, I don't believe there's any good debt, personally. I'm like, if you owe somebody, you owe somebody, but it just depends on how you utilize. 
If you're making money from your debt, to me, that don't make it good. That just means you're making money from it. But at the end of the day, <laughs> debt means you owe someone. So that was the biggest thing about it. And I think also um, with you being in debt, it just, when we were trying to figure out, you know, our next steps and getting out of debt, we learned so much about ourselves and so much about our struggle and so much things that we could have done. I don't think if we didn't, if we didn't have that debt-free journey to get to where we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. If we didn't kind of figure out, buckle down, yeah. start looking for resources, start learning about other things. We would have been completely fine with where we were paying bills, going to work, coming home. Yeah. Um, and because people always ask that, or people say like, you could have took that money and put it somewhere else. Um, but for us, we just wasn't in we, that we, mindset. We wouldn't have that. known where to put that money because yeah. we weren't <laughs> in that mindset at the time. Yeah. So now, yeah, we know we're able to save and we can put it other places. But at that time we weren't. But in regards to debt, I mean, I think we think it differently because he's an extremist. I mean, yeah. I don't, I mean, like with credit cards, I don't mind credit cards. He's like, no, I think at this point now, if you're able to handle it and pay it off, then it's okay yeah. for me. And some people, you know, they want to use it for points or just cash back at the grocery store or gas. That's fine to me if you know how to manage it. Um, in regards to college, like, listen, I loved college every, every experience of it. So I would never say like, don't go into debt for college. Do you have any knowledge or like when you're younger, do you have those discussions? Maybe now I would have those discussions with my kids. Like what but, options do you have? Or like what yeah. options do you have? And I'm like, in high school, I don't remember anything about talking about like that. Like you have that understanding that, okay, I'm going to owe this back. But it really wasn't a discussion from no, no one. So I think maybe just having those discussions moving forward. But I don't think that everything is necessarily bad in my oh, opinion. Black and white. Yeah, yeah I don't I'm, think so. Black I, I, and white I'm because, usually black and white. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, everybody has different things. Like sometimes, yeah. you know, medical expenses. I mean, there's so many different things that can happen. So um, I won't say that it's all bad. And to talk about the school thing as well, there was never, like she said, there was never an option of not going to school for us. Right. Like you go to school, you take out these loans, and then, all right, you got the loans, you pay it back one day. Yeah. So teaching, exactly. teaching <laughs> future generations and, you know, our potential kids and other people's potential kids and just, people coming up that, you know, there are other options. You don't have to go to, you don't have to, number one, you don't have to go in debt to go to college. But number two, you also don't have to go to college to kind of get to where you want to be. So yeah. like growing up, I didn't know that. It was like, my mom was like, all right, you leaving this house. You either going to get a job or you go to college. And I'm like, well, my friends are going to college. So I'm going to go to college too. So um, just creating those options, I think is important when you're talking about debt and understanding it is what's more important about the debt. And college is such an important topic, especially in today's time with the you know all the information and, and technology advances. A yeah. lot of times, people these days they're like, "Man, I don't know how I feel about college." I know me after high school, I wanted to go to college, but my grades were so bad. My parents was like, "Man, we ain't paying for that." So, <laughs> I went to the military, and luckily, it worked out in my favor. I got mm -hmm. I, I got to go to college for free. But how do y'all feel about uh, when people say stuff like? you don't probably need college anymore because you got uh, the internet and stuff like that. I think I don't agree with that. I think college is more than education, though. Yeah. Mm. The experience of, like, I want my child to go away because the experience of going <laughs> to college, yeah. like staying on campus. I mean, I went to a school in Long Island. I lived in Brooklyn, so I could drive home 45 minutes. I wasn't away away, but staying on campus, um, I think it's just a whole different experience versus, you know, maybe going to a community college, which is fine as well. So, I'm for college. I just don't think it's just education. I think there's more that you can learn and grow yeah. being college, lifetime friends, just things like that. But also for me with college, well, that was my first experience where I had to actually interact and be around white people, like a lot. 
versus being in Brooklyn, you know, you see, you see white people, whatever, walking around, but I had to do projects with them. I had to live with them. I had to learn with them. We had to interact. And I don't think I would have got that same interaction in the workplace. Cause it's like, all right, well, we talk about this and we kind of leave, but living with people, having roommates that came from a different background and you, you guys understanding and talking to each other. So that was huge for me coming from Brooklyn and being around the same people all the time going away and having that different experience is like, wow, yeah. okay, well, I saw a lot of college that I probably wouldn't have seen. And yeah, I mean, school, I mean, it's probably because of the high school you went to. I mean, yeah, I went to a, a mostly black high school too. Um, but, <laughs> my high school was high school. majority like Asian and Caucasian people and like a group of black people. <laughs> but yeah, we had to live together. We had to learn together. We had to work together. We had to grow together. And, you know, that kind of, when I came out to work for us, I was a lot more comfortable being around people of different backgrounds because that's what college, college kind of forced us to do. And you had to learn on your own. It wasn't like high school where I had, I had my mom to go back to and my mom was watching me. You had to figure this out. There was no way around it. You had to learn. You had to study. You had to time manage on your own. You had to. So yeah. that was kind of like. And the, you became more outgoing in college. He was yeah. very quiet. Mm-hmm. As a yeah. kid. <laughs> Before that, he was an introvert, very quiet. So that kind of forced that kind of forced us to learn and grow. Um, yeah. But there are options. You don't have to go to college. Um, you can learn everything you're learning now. You know, online. I mean, right now people are going to have to learn a lot because no one's really going to college right now because yeah, of because of COVID. Yeah. So right, right, that's true. Yeah. Even yeah. me and Deanna, we're in college right now, and our all our classes are online. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So you're not even going to, you know, even in the, the fall coming up. you see each other on the blackboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know what this new remote learning situation is going to be like. So yeah. right. it yeah. might be a lot different. Mm-hmm. And my, my, no, you go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, kind of touching on what you were saying earlier, I definitely believe that as we're transitioning into adulthood, as we exit um, high school, I think we all need to get out of our home environments to actually experience that real growth to prepare you to be out into the real world by yourself because if you know if you always got that feeling in the back you're like oh I could go back home and be under my parents wing you know you never really push yourself out of your comfort zone to like really grow so definitely like here in college from that perspective and even like with us going to the military I think that's definitely needed yeah Mm -hmm. I think what you speak on is what we say about moving to Dallas for us, I mean, we moved here. I was, we was already 27, 28. I don't know how old. You were 30. You were older. But either way. Um, I was 20. No, you got the car when you was 30. So you were 30. Okay. I was 28. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we were older. But my point was moving here provided something different for us because we were comfortable in Brooklyn. There's no yeah. reason to do anything different. Right. right. We have our friends. We have our we we living salary. In our we have we a salary. You go to brunches, baby shower, hang out. I mean, that's life. There's no reason for me to pay off that. It's not even a thought. Like, why? Why am I doing anything mm-hmm. different from anybody else? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we say with moving to Dallas, that has provided like a different side for us for uh, growth in a different way that we never even considered. And don't think we would have considered if we stayed in, oh, in New York. Not. And that's nothing against people in New York or anything like that. Just for us, getting out of that comfort zone just was something that we needed that we didn't know, I guess. Mm-hmm. A blessing in disguise. So. Right, right. Yep. And my experience was more like Anthony's when he says, like, he wasn't around white people like that until he went to college. Mine was, I wasn't around white people until I went to the military. So, like you said, you, you learn a lot. Like, growing up in Chicago, it's super segregated. So, it's like, you, you go to an all-black school, live in a black area, all you're going to see is black people. Mm-hmm. So, you, when you go off on your own for the first time, it's like, Oh, it's it's so crazy. It's hard to even describe it. Like it's like an <laughs> feeling for real. It's just like 
Like, I was kind of introverted as well, because it's like, I don't really know, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what they think about me. And yeah, yeah. You talk, <laughs> in your own head for the, most, for the most part. But that's why, like you said, all y'all said, it's super important to try to uh, get out of, get out, get outside of your comfort zone. Like, how do y'all feel regarding this, though? Like, whenever you guys have children, are y'all going to be like, all right, you 18, it's time to, you know what I'm saying, do your own thing and get that we differ on. I that. won't. We talk yeah, about I, that. I, I, that was my experience. Because and we even talk about. I'm like, I would let my child go wherever school they want. He's like, my child's not leaving the state. There's a lot of good schools <laughs> in the state. You don't need to pay that extra thing, whatever. But I guess for me, um, I'm the only child, and I grow with me and my mother. I mean, my dad is in my life, but it's mostly been me and my mother. And so I felt like I was able to do what I wanted to do, and I was always supported in that. And so if I wasn't married, I probably would still be at home just because Brooklyn is expensive to live on your own. Right. But So I don't feel like I would be rushing my child out because I feel like 18, I know it is technically the adult age, but at 18, You're when you think young. back, you are really young <laughs> mm-hmm. and stupid and doing certain things. So I don't know that I would just be like, all right, time to hit the road. Do I feel like my child needs to be doing something, work or school? Yes. Um, but not necessarily that they need to leave the house. Yeah, and I think for me, it's more, that's where we're going to differ a little bit, because I'm like, at 18, I want to see you doing something that's going to be progressing you to your next stage of life. So whether it be college or whether it be the military, whether it be this, that, and the third, I want you to do something where you're not just staying at home. So the difference between me, I have two younger brothers as well. She's the only child. Um, I went to college and I stayed there. So even after I graduated, I got a job. I started working. I have my own apartment. Mm -hmm. Uh, My little brothers, I love them, but they moved back home. And did I. And they're still, they're still at home. They're about 24, 25. They're still at home. No offense, because everybody in the city right now, it's, it's difficult to kind of get out and live on your own. But even when I moved back to the city, I got a roommate immediately when I moved back, and we started splitting the rent, and I still was living on my own, which kind of forced me out of my comfort zone even further. Um, so I would, you know, I would love for them to save up. Like, I told them that's a goal. Like, save up. Um, you know, if you want to get an investment property, you want to get a house, like you want to start doing something with that money, but don't be at home just staying there and spending every money, every bit of money that you get coming in. So mm-hmm. if you want to stay home, like save it, invest it, do something with it, not just, to the house. yeah, make sure, you know, make sure you pay right. those, but using that money to do something constructive versus just spending it. And both of them are really responsible. So they got more savings than I did at that age. So I guess staying at home worked out. It's <laughs> working <laughs> out. Yeah. Them, if they don't got to struggle, then I'm, I'm all for that. They, they able to save. I had to struggle a little bit, which may be the way I am today, but yeah. they're saving, they're investing, they're paying off debt. And when they're ready to make that move, they'll be in a lot stronger position than I was when I made that move. Mm-hmm. That's major. And before, before we wrap up, I only had one more thing. And I, I, I guess it's not a question. It's kind of more of a statement, but I want to say big salute to both of you because like right now, especially, and it's kind of like random, it just popped up in my head. Like, especially, like, in, in our community, there's, like, this battle between, like, man and woman. Like, a gender. I, I don't know if you see Anthony on Twitter a lot. It's always. I don't even. I bring her the conversation. I don't, I don't, I don't get into it, but I'm like, how can they? It's always, like, a, you know what I'm saying? From the woman's side, it's like, F men. Men ain't nothing, this and that. And then on the men's side, it's the same way. And you only see, it, see those conversations for, well, me. Me personally, I only see those conversations in our community. Like I don't see other communities saying that about the the other gender. So I'm like, what? Like why? What's, why we on that? I don't get it. So I want to say, yeah, what's the disconnect? So I want to say, like for you guys to be example out here that other people could look at and they could say, wow, it is dope. Like marriage is dope. It can be dope. It can be like like fulfilling. 
Like, I just want to say big salute to y'all because that's like, man, that being just having at least one example for people to see is like, especially in these times, is like super, 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 super crucial. So, like, it's just major. No, thank you so much. I appreciate and, it. And that just, I mean, like I said, with Tony, he's uh, Anthony. People call you Anthony. Sorry, I call him Tony. It's hard. Um, <laughs> Anthony, people, he's the one that kind of pushed us to really share our story. Um, to have it out there for people to see so that people can see it's possible. Like we always say, like, you don't have to go the same route as us. You don't have to pay off your debt if you don't want, whatever, that's fine. But just seeing that there's other possibilities and there's more things that you can take on and different routes that you can take, I think it's important because for us, you know, before we started, or before he started listening to podcasts and started listening to Dave Ramsey having those stories about how people got out of debt, it was like, what? Like, I never heard, you don't even think about that. For me, like I said, I'm in the therapist field. So technically, 10 years of my loans and Obama put in place, it'll be paid off. Like I had no worries mm -hmm. in the world about paying it off. And so I think just being exposed to something else can open, you know, a different eye for you and stuff like that. So yeah, thank you so much. And even with that Dave Ramsey part, it was like, I wanted to be one of, they don't got a lot of black stories on it. I love Dave. He's dope, but mm -hmm. there's not a lot of black stories on it. I'm like, I want to be a black story. Cause I love, I, I love hearing that, um, hearing the black and a voice and hearing what they went through and a single mother and, and stuff like yeah. that single father going through the struggle and, and paying off that debt. If I didn't listen to him and learn about, you know, what people were doing on that side, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it over to this side right. and see you guys and you guys having a great podcast and, and sharing these stories like us. So I'm um, salute yeah. to you guys the same way um, that you guys are sharing that story and sharing your platform with others. We appreciate it. Definitely. Definitely. Like I said, we, we excited to get this done. Like I, I, like I said, I love the people, I love for people to see examples like this so they can see a different side of things and know, no different things so appreciate you guys but, mm -hmm. but before we wrap up i just want to say once again appreciate y'all for the people that want to follow y'all find y'all buy to buy our course everything do you mind just plug it in there where people can go get it uh so they can find us on the heart Shimoni, and it's at the h-a-r-t-r-i-m-o-n-y and that's, and that's on a, instagram instagram um yeah, Instagram. We're building our website page right now, which is going to be theheartshimony.com, hopefully within a month or so. So, um, But for now, that's where you can find us. If it's Twitter, I guess Anthony Hartzog, because um, I'm on the Beyonce. <laughs> Follow me. I don't have nothing money related over there. <laughs> but Heartshimony is fine on Instagram. We yeah. post everything there. And we, yeah, we're trying we to grow our page and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. mm, Okay, okay. And do you have anything else? Or did y'all have anything else I want to go over? No, that, that captured everything. I appreciate yeah. the time. And wrapping up, for those who don't know, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. And you can also follow Deanna at Deanna Kent on Instagram and Twitter. And also you can follow Park Hill Capital on Instagram and the Million Mindsets Podcast at M Mindsets Pod. That's all we have for you guys. Appreciate y'all for listening to another episode. Peace. Something. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires because I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations? Why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper. I've been chasing greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. 
and sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that sh- that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.